This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call on Friday, the 1st of September 2023 and it's a Friday. It's the first day of fall or autumn, call it what you want. And it's non-farm payrolls day. Um, back in the old days, Uli, when when I started at Saxo, it's uh, I, I almost feel embarrassed to say this, but uh, when I started 13 years ago, Saxo was a very different financial institution, a lot more focused on on FX. But that back in those old days, non-farm always had this, uh, um, you know, this gravitation. It was like excitement in the air around it. And over the years, excitement has got less and less uh, over this non-farm payrolls. It's just a job number, and we have got so many other important economic time series data that uh, that people uh, are you know looking at but it is still non-farm payrolls day and it's still an important jobs report it is indeed and uh, you're trying to uh, act as if you're old uh, not yeah, as old as I me know. i was a futures broker in london back in the 90s and back then job reports were equally important I remember when they came out quite often, uh, we didn't know the number for a couple of hours because we simply got so busy just uh, <laughs> getting orders into into the pit. There was uh, pit trading back those days. So um, so it's really only a couple of hours later, we, uh, we kind of took stock and said, what what actually happened? Obviously, we knew whether it was a good or bad number because we could see the direction of the market, but it was uh, it was crazy. So um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit less crazy today. It's all electronic. So um, so um, a lot of, lot of action happens without you probably noticing it because it's all just going through through the wires, but um, nevertheless, it's still an interesting one because it comes on top of some data weakness we see now for the past couple of weeks. Turned yeah. uh, turned uh, things around. We had a we touched the highest level in U.S. ten-year yields uh, since two thousand seven a couple of weeks ago, and now suddenly we are more than twenty-five basis points lower. So, let's see whether that good good news or bad news is good news can extend into today's session. Yeah, it seems like markets are quite quiet actually going into this uh, this non-farm payrolls as you said we have had a little bit of data weakness lately that has caused a repricing of bond yields and the u.s equity market has over the past four trading sessions been pushing uh five been pushing higher we had a little bit of a weakness yesterday as you can see on slide two in the s p 500 futures but still firmly above that 4500 level it's been a good week for equities uh, i'll show that with the theme baskets you can really see that you know Things like e-commerce, cybersecurity, bubble stocks, payments have been doing quite well. Um, and e-commerce, an interesting one. They have reacted to the lower bond yields, but also there are some indications from something called the Johnson Red Book, which is a weekly time series over same, sto- same store sales year to year in the U.S. It's a volatile series, but it has recently picked up. So maybe the U.S. consumer is uh, is coming back a little bit. But it is the, the non-farm payrolls, and we're talking about this data weakness. We're talking about stagflation light. Um, so this weakness, where can it come from? And on slide three, I go. I know I'm going a little bit into the helicopter today, but it's important to note that from September last year and until basically last month, we had an ex- a massive expansion, more than six uh, percentage point in in GDP in terms of fiscal impulse. That I think to a large extent offset some of that expected weakness everyone expected from the high interest rates from the from the Fed, and um, and basically averted the recession that everyone was betting on. And um, if we're getting a turnaround in the retail sales with the Red Book, we'll get that on Wednesday next week, um, confirming that. And with the inventories being being depleted to very low levels, actually, among a lot of uh, U.S. retailers, then we could have a short-term uh, inventories recycle. And we had that surprise in the Chinese uh, manufacturing PMI 
lately. So um, that would be an interesting thing. And also Lululemon reported earnings yesterday, and they actually beat on their outlook because of, guess what? A stronger Chinese sales momentum. So I think there are some interesting things happening around around that. It's not something we can ignore. Before you before you jump in, Ole, with a comment, I saw you were you you wanted that. I just want to say that on slide three. So we have had this positive U.S. fiscal impulse, and it seems like maybe we are we are turning a corner here. If that becomes the case, then as we go closer to the to the to the new year at the end at the end of the year and into 2024. Instead of hanging a fiscal impulse positive, it will be an impulse negative, a drag on the economy going forward. And with those interest rates at these levels, maybe the economy will begin to slow down. Yeah, I think in that uh, sense is also uh, really worth uh, keeping an eye on the container freight rates uh, because obviously they are precursor to what will happen in a, in a couple of months' time uh, when they set sail from from China. And we actually, actually during this uh, during August uh, saw freight rates jumped by around 25%, obviously from a quite a depressed level after seeing having had a continuous uh, fall for, for, for many, many months, but uh, at least showing some kind of a, a pickup, and it has been some of those major routes from China to both New York and the and the uh, the West Coast, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting observation, Ole. Yeah, um, definitely a lot of moving parts here. Um, we also have to talk a little bit about uh, currencies. Um Big, uh, some big moves, uh, especially in the uh, dollar CNH. Um, that's what you, that's something you have put up here on slide four. Yeah, because it has a quite a quite a big uh, relationship uh, from my part of uh, the space of commodities and, and the remembi. A weak remembi does not really go hand in hand with uh, with uh, uh, with commodity strength, and uh, we saw that during that uh, run up in uh, in dollars uh, dollar CNH the uh, offshore remembi. Uh, in, at the start of uh, August, and that was really the, the reason why we saw that uh, we saw the uh, sell-off in, in industrial metals. From where they're still recovering, we're still down in the month, but we've had quite a, a decent end-of-month uh, recovery, especially some like copper, which uh, rallied again overnight. And uh, it is it is tight with the uh, with the with the f- ex- attempt to strengthen the remember that we're seeing from the Chinese government. Several several uh, initiatives has been uh, been. Announced this past couple of weeks, and overnight we had uh, a cut in the forex uh, reserve ratio requirement, and that basically added some additional strength to remember. But as you can see, we're not out of the woods. Uh, we 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 dropped, and then we 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 back to the around that level, just below uh, seven twenty-seven. The Chinese uh, uh, regulators or policymakers also announced, uh, you know, uh, reduced down payment needs for first uh, and second homes uh, purchases in in China. That obviously also has a positive. Uh, impact potentially, mm-hmm. although you could argue that China is running with a with a leverage. So why would you enable an even higher leverage ratio on you on your homes? It, it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but of course they are. I wouldn't say maybe in a panic, but they they are really uh, you know have their back towards the wall and they they need to do something to revive growth. And um, I can really recommend uh, Ritman uh, Wang, which is our uh, is our expert on the Chinese economy. He sits in our Hong Kong office. Has written some great pieces on China this week. And uh, if you go to analysis.sangso under, uh, and then you you poke around on the website, you can you should be able to find his piece. He wrote uh, one uh, recently. Uh, I think actually it was out this morning on um, on the Chinese uh, mortgage market. Or you could just follow Saxo Strats on Twitter. Uh, we Even post- easier. We post out every we post everything we do on 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 the, under that handle, so you can find it there as well. If I may just finish off the uh, the currency part, uh, Peter here on slide four. I think uh, ahead of today's non-job report, um, one of those uh, where we could potentially see some fireworks is dollar yen. Uh, this week we. Uh, 
We've seen yen strengthen uh, together with some of the other other currencies. Uh, it's struggling here around the down towards that 145 level. So uh, that really will be quite a bit of a key level to uh, to watch out for today. So um, any any weakness in the number potentially could send it down towards that uh, key key level to test. There will be some uh, technical analysis on yen out later today from Kim Kramer Larsen. Our technical analysis again. Just keep an eye on Saxostrat's uh, Twitter handle or. X handle is is it called now or just I don't know I don't know I no, I, 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 I don't let's, re- st- let's stick with Twitter I, yeah. I I can't get used to it but you you can never you can never say X it's 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 it's, no. it's a weird it's a weird um, it's a weird name anyway all we're going to talk about something before we go back to non farm um, again and the calendar we're going to talk about something I don't think is very pleasant talking points um, and that's the development in rise I know we mentioned you and I had a conversation about rise couple of weeks ago because um, of, of what happened with the rice prices and 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 curbs on export curbs from from India and we're mm. also seeing orange juice prices galloping to historic new highs and um, obviously we don't like food inflation it's it's not really good because you know lives as lives are at stake uh, on the at the other end of those higher prices absolutely well whether orange juice is uh, X or X2 uh, I suppose you can look for alternatives but the rice is obviously such a massive uh, importance for 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 many consumers around the world, especially in Asia, and the the import or uh, export ban uh, announced by India earlier this month is really starting to have an impact. We're seeing uh, Thailand uh, Thai white rice, which is the benchmark in Thailand, uh, once again moving up to those record levels that we saw recently. And uh, Thailand is uh, is uh, the world's second biggest exporter, and they may start to introduce curbs as well. And uh, we just seen that in in Philippines, which is one of the biggest importers of rice. They've uh, they've basically struck down on on uh, on um, on shenanigans within the local economy and trying to to curb prices there. So this is a problem that uh, we need to focus on. The orange juice uh, story is, has been given some extra momentum by the hurricane uh, that hit the northern parts of Florida this week, and it's it's at a time where the uh, the orange juice crop is is has been decimated by by um, by climate change uh, and also by by some diseases uh, striking the trees and and uh, basically mean a lot of farmers are just uh, uprooting the trees and, and moving to some, to another crop. So um, just a little bit of flashback to 1983 and the and the trading places where it was all about cornering the orange juice market. Well, it has most certainly been been cornered quite significantly in recent weeks. It's actually a good and funny movie. And uh, for the y- younger, I say younger piece, I, I still feel I'm young uh, at 38, uh, but. Um, uh, but yeah, you, rem- you remember clearly when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember <laughs> very clearly. But the um, the even younger crowd that are listening to our podcast, um, and really we can recommend the movie. It's, it's actually uh, it's yeah. a fun movie, although it's uh, it's all from the 80s, 83. Yeah, but, and it's uh, a flashback for me to the life uh, life trading floor days because uh, that was how, how that was how it worked. When yeah. when things got busy, it was really. It was for the survival of the fittest. Uh, it was a, sometimes you had to. Well, we never had fights because you were fined very heavily. So, uh, as I said, if if you really get angry with someone, make sure you hit hard the first time because you get you get fined per, per every time you hit one. So, um, <laughs> so uh, fights were kept to a minimum, but uh, it was a lot of intensity. Exactly. Don't don't uh, generally don't fight. That's uh, nope, it's exactly. a very bad, it's a very bad thing. But on slight sticks, uh, John. Oh. Ole, sorry. Um, we um, we have um, you know your you. I think it's this. I love this table. It gives you a very broad exp- uh, you know broad overview <coughs> of the different usage and non-usage ETF that tracks the various parts of the commodities market. You can really see where the you know the flows. Maybe for more long-only investors are flowing in and out of which parts of the market. So what what are you observing here? Well, I think the interesting one is uh, that we still have um, it has changed. <coughs> Excuse me. We st- we. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, 
I think an interesting one is that despite the some of the weakness we had this month in the in the commodity sector, and some of the worries about the global economic outlook, investors are actually flocking into uh, commodity ETFs with a broad exposure. And uh, there, there can be several reasons for that, but uh, I believe some of them are, are still the perhaps the sticky inflation story, uh, the uh, the tightness of supplies that we are uh, we're seeing uh, unfolding not only in the oil market right now, but also across some of the other markets, um, agricultural and some of the industrial metals, and that's uh, that's basically uh, making making a broad investment in in commodities attractive. I highlight some of the uh, the red lines, which is uh, gold. They have actually improved quite a bit uh, this week, but because they have been really been scraping the bottom in terms of of outflows uh, for for quite a while, and uh, it's it's been interesting because obviously it's been a month where a month and two halves where we had quite a lot of weakness at the start of the month and then some strength here as, as, as the month came to an end. So um, so, it, but I think it just highlights that the investors generally are. are they are underinvested in in something like gold. So if we do have a weak number today and we break above that 1950 level, it could be quite interesting for the price action. And I see that the um, the number one in terms of one month flow, positive flow, there's only one in the US, the non-usage ETF, it's the natural gas. It's important to note as well, before you jump going long natural gas, uh, whether you do it here in Europe with a usage ETF or you, are, you can invest in the US-based non-usage ETFs, it's important to note I guess Ole, that we 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 are still we're still in a in a contango I guess in 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 uh, natural gas so it it's very difficult to put on a long long position even uh, cuz just basically you have the, the negative roll yield yeah exactly and um, I've uh, I've I've just 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 take a look at the the boil a bit further down on the bottom part which is the double double long natural gas it's down 97% over the last year, it's down 82% year to day. Try to come back from that is just impossible. So, uh, and it's, it's just part of the the rolling. When you roll a, an, an exposition in in ETFs, uh, you are the the provider of the ETFs is obviously using futures markets. And if you are selling an expiring contract at a lower price than where you buy the next, that's obviously when the market's in contango. Then you're having a negative roll yield, and that negative roll yield is being reflected in the in the price action on your price performance of your ETF. And that's why it's uh, it's most most often, just if you really want to to uh, have a dabble in natural gas, have a very short term uh, perspective and short term horizon, and do do know your risk. Yeah. So so because of the roll yield, the natural position would be to actually have a long term short position in natural yep. gas. So when we and it's very important because we're going to talk more about natural gas in the in during the winter months because the energy crisis is not over yet. It's just important that if you want to if you want to invest or trade in natural gas from the long side, then it, it it has to come with a very short time horizon. I mean, it's it's more tactical trading on the on the long side than it is yeah. permanent positions. It's just very important to note that. Yeah, and Contango is also the reason why it's it's worthwhile for 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 those who have storage capacity to actually buy gas in the spot market right now and put it into storage because you can sell it at a higher price in the winter. And that mechanics is really required in order to to attract enough demand at this time of year to fill up inventories. And we're seeing that both in Europe, especially in Europe, because we've had a very elevated uh, Contango there, but also in the US as uh, with as winter price are always higher. All right. It almost turned into a commodities sector uh, uh, market call. Well, just podcast. a precursor for what happens uh, yeah. in the coming weeks. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but otherwise, the uh, the macro calendar on slide seven. Um, yeah, it is the non-farm payrolls at 12.30 uh, GMT. We've also put in uh, you know the upcoming calendar uh, highlights for uh, for next week. And otherwise, we're looking ahead in a couple of, you know, two weeks from now, we'll have the EZB meeting. And then the week after that, we'll have the FMC meeting. So September is going to be a super interesting uh, month. Is it going to be this hawkish uh, 
rate pause, as we talked about on the podcast in the last couple of days. Um, that is what we're going to find out. And the non-farm payroll certainly will help, you know, adding more information to, to that decision process from at least from the FMC. And we're going to talk about the new podcast format. Uh, we already flagged it uh, previous uh, or earlier this week. We're going, we have settled on this turning into four different podcast so you've been used to a macro podcast where everyone everything came together we did it daily you know the drill we really appreciate the listenership but going forward and we start on monday we'll have Sharo, which is our which is our <clears throat> head of uh, or she's you know now leading our efforts in, in fx and, and macro she will have a macro fx podcast with me joining as a host on uh, on monday Tuesday, we'll do the fixed income with Eltia Spinazzi, but she's right now, uh, you know, away on holiday. But so Ula and I will take that one on on Tuesday. But then she will be back, and then on Wednesdays, I will do an, a podcast on equities, and Ula will do a podcast on commodities on Thursdays. And so we'll we'll change the format to being having these weekly uh, weekly podcasts with the uh, with the you know the same topic on the same day. So a little bit more of a deep dive into the into the different asset classes, just to. Uh just to give, come a little, bit, yeah. Try to dig a little bit deeper than what we what we manage in these uh, very broad based uh, podcast. Exactly, and we'll we'll try to uh, have as much uh, forward looking and bias uh, into those podcasts as possible. We also will not have the uh, the slide deck uh, going forward. Um, so that those are some of those changes that will that will come. And on Fridays will be open for ad hoc guests to the podcast, special editions with Dean Jacobson. Um, so yeah. I'm actually quite excited. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to the Monday's uh, podcast with Sharo. It's uh, it's a new format. It's uh, it changes on the way, and um, I think all of you will uh, will appreciate it. We'll 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 be able to go deeper into the different things, and um, yeah, stay tuned for for that change on Monday. And in the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.